Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Pop Culture on the Rocks. I'm Anna. I'm here with Callan, and we're here to discuss some pop, some popping culture. <laughs> <laughs> it's popping, all right. <laughs> well, as everyone has probably seen by now, Big Brother season twenty-two is officially donezo, which we're happy about. <laughs> I think everyone is. <laughs> So what are you watching now, Callan? Yeah, that took up a lot of my time. Yes. You know, that was... Me too. If you are a Big Brother fan that sticks with it through and through, and I'm not even talking about if you're a Live Feeds fan. If you're just a person that watches the regular episodes, you are a committed person. Yes. Because it's it's a lot of dedication. So yeah, I'm excited to move on to other content and be able to cross some things off my list but I was actually telling Anna earlier that I had recently watched a few episodes of the new Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and Weakest Link. So growing up, I watched with my family a ton of game shows. GSN was always on. <laughs> so if it's a game show, I probably seen it, especially if it came on in the 70s. So my brother and I, that's our thing. We love watching old game shows together, especially some that we grew up watching and like maybe remember certain remember certain episodes or people or whatever. So that's fun. I was nervous to see um, the new versions because... To me, you just can't beat Regis Philbin, who we lost this year, which is very sad. Right. And also, Anne from The Weakest Link, she's just, you can't even imitate her. Oh, so no, not at all. Yeah, so I was a little nervous, but I will say I actually enjoyed both. I recommend watching them if you were into those shows. I've been trying to figure out if I have gotten smarter as I've gotten older or if they have gotten easier because <laughs> watching them made me feel pretty good and I feel like I could be a millionaire. Well, there you go. Yeah, so catch me on one of those, but <laughs> I don't know. It was really fun. I enjoyed Jane Lynch and Jimmy Kimmel are the new hosts of those shows, so I actually enjoyed both of them. It's different, and I like that. Let's not try to recreate it. Yes. You know, and be exactly like Jane is not trying to be Anne. Yeah. She's Jane, so it's nice. Yeah, I like that too. When they just take the concept and kind of like reimagine what they want it to be rather than trying to be a carbon copy, which is impossible. Exactly. And while we are on the topic of game shows, which we definitely need to have an episode dedicated to game shows one day. I agree. America is really weird with our game show phases. I feel like we will bring them back around and there's a ton of game shows on like all the major networks and then nobody cares anymore. <laughs> like remember when Deal or No Deal was yes. the thing? Then it was like we're over it <laughs> but in the uk game shows are still such a big thing they have great game shows way harder than ours but <laughs> it's just weird to me how like we come and go with our phases but over there it's just a part of their pop culture which i think is interesting yeah Maybe one day we can watch some some international game shows. So if anybody has any recommendations, definitely let us know. 
Well, this last week was Halloween, so some of my family was over to visit, and we were trying to decide what to watch, and (sighs) I wanted to watch Hocus Pocus, nobody else wanted to, so I made the sacrifice, right? Rude. (laughs) (laughs) But I made the sacrifice, and everybody was like, we want to watch a zombie movie. I'm like, okay, I guess that's spooky, I don't know. But we watched Shaun of the Dead from Edgar Wright. Have you seen that one before? No, I feel like I've heard multiple people talk about it, but... It's very entertaining. I really enjoyed it, which I knew that I would. I've seen almost all of Edgar Wright's movies. My favorites are definitely Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and Baby Driver. Baby Driver is probably my number one. Have you seen Baby Driver? Not yet. We should watch it together. It's so good. I know. I feel like everyone loved that movie. And if I don't see a movie in theaters, which I don't go to the theater, I really don't go to the theaters a lot now, obviously. Right. But even in the past, I didn't go very much. So, but if it's going to be a while till I see it, if I don't see it in the theaters. Yeah. Haven't made it around to that one. But um, yeah, I feel like people love that movie. Yeah, it's really good. And the soundtrack, I mean, I really enjoy Edgar Wright's like work and the way he incorporates the music into the the movie is really unique. And from my, what I've read, like Baby Driver was like his baby project that like he'd always wanted to do. That was cool. You know, like whenever the artist can really like be super passionate about it, it makes it even more exciting to watch it, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. So everybody really liked the movie. The The family that we had over were my teenage sister-in-laws. So just a heads up, it is rated R. There you go. <laughs> but <laughs> it's available to rent on Amazon Prime. That's where we rented it from. Follow up from your, um, what was that? Wasn't that a zombie movie y'all watched before that we talked about in an earlier podcast? Yes, you're right. We did uh, Train to Busan. Yeah, yeah. that one's way more uh, serious than Shaun of the Dead is. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a different zombie vibe. Absolutely. I mean, they're both, they both have sad moments, but yeah, Train to Busan is like heavy. Yeah, that sounded intense. Yeah, it is. Which there's apparently a sequel, so maybe one day we'll get the courage to watch the sequel. Well, what are you drinking tonight? What are you sipping on? Well, I'm trying something new and I haven't had a sip of it yet, so All right. come along, come along with me. <laughs> come along this tasting journey. We loaded up on that road trip we took. We did. If you can't tell. So I'd never seen this before and I really hope it's good because I feel like most of the stuff I try for the first time I don't love. So (laughs) I'm hoping this is a winner. I hope so too. It is from the brand Mule Kicker and it's a Mexican mule. I really haven't talked about it much but my signature drink at a bar is a Moscow Mule. I love it. I got so into it that I have a ton of copper mugs that people gifted me for Christmas, which was very nice. And they're all different. So I can just throw a real rager with Moscow mules. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't had one on the podcast yet because I just don't, you know, buy the stuff really to make one so when I saw this I was like oh this is a good option and it's a Mexican mule so I think it's gonna be a little more tequila flavory but it's canned and it's like a malt beverage sort of thing so I'm hoping it's not a letdown yeah one moment while I sit (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll cut out the awkward uh, gulping. It's all right. You didn't make a face. So that's a good sign. <laughs> that's true. Um, I'm trying to figure out. It's. I mean, it says ginger beer and lime, which is a given. But I really feel like there's a minty aftertaste. Huh. And, you know, this is not a mojito, so I'm <laughs> unsure why that is. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of giving me Limerita vibes. Oh, yeah. Which, if y'all remember, was not my fave. <laughs> so. At least that can is much smaller than your Limerita. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's probably a third of that can. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Well, I probably wouldn't buy it again, but hey, it was worth a shot. Yeah, now you know. You can say you've tried it. Right. Yeah, I'm going to have to have my wine later because I'm not going to drink that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm having a French 75. Ooh. Have you had that? So bougie. (laughs) I know, right? I don't know what that is either. So, I mean, if you, it sounds, it sounds fancy. Yeah. So it might be my new drink of choice. Like Ooh, I kind okay. of have a, I have a couple of things that I really like and like kind of my go-tos anytime I'm going to a cocktail bar or whatever. But unlike Callan, I don't really have like my go-to go-to. So I'm, I don't know. I'm dancing around this one. But a French 75 is champagne. Always a winner. Yeah. Gin, lemon juice, and simple sugar. Oh yeah. That sounds good. Yes. Very good. Um, I've had gin only a couple times and I had it straight once and it wasn't that bad. That's how I feel about (laughs) gin. (laughs) I was pleasantly surprised because I feel like, you know, gin and tonic is a thing. But other than that, I feel like I don't really, I don't really know a lot of people who just enjoy gin. So yeah, it was a new cultural experience for me. Yeah, I always just, I guess, assumed that I hated gin because it sounds gross. I I don't know. (laughs) But when my mom and I made that Long Island iced tea that I had a few episodes ago, Mm -hmm. I tasted the gin by itself because... I said, well, I, I want to know what it tastes like. Yeah. And I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I, I thought I could actually probably drink a gin and tonic. So, yeah, yeah, I've got to explore that liquor a little more. But yeah, it reminds me of what you had at your bachelorette party at the Capitol Hotel. Mm-hmm. I think it also had champagne, but maybe vodka in there. Yes, that sounds right. I do love, I love the bubbles. I'm a sucker yeah. for the bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> From LaCroix all the way to champagne. Uh, exactly. Can't get enough. A Dr. Pepper cream soda, what, mm. whatever a bubble. There you is. go. <laughs> Gets me every time. <laughs> well, speaking of, we've been to France, like the French 75, <laughs> Um, right. Why do you think we should be on the Amazing Race? <laughs> <laughs> Anna and I should be on the Amazing Race for the simple fact that you're listening to us talk right now, which means we have created a podcast and it's just one example of how when we set our minds to something, we do it. Yes, absolutely. This has just been a theme of our friendship. If we want to go somewhere, we make it happen. We talked about how we made an entire trip to go to the house from 
the Pride and Prejudice film. We went out of our way for that because that was on our bucket list. Mm-hmm. We recently went Zorbing at the only place in America where you can do that. <laughs> The list goes on and on, and the podcast is just one thing on top of that. So, whatever dream we have, we make come true. Even if it takes a while, some things take longer than others. Mm-hmm. And goodness knows we've waited long enough for the amazing race, you know? <laughs> it's true. We're waiting to hear back from our three audition tapes that we've sent in. So, patience is key here, but... I believe in us, and we will make our dream come true. We will. It will happen one of these days. That is something that Callan and I have said. It's definitely a strength of our friendship is that we'll make it happen, even if it won't be next week or the next month or like our Australia trip, it will be (laughs) delayed once again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's not, you know, it's not out of the question. These things will They all just take time. That's right. You just got to keep the faith and never give up. Never surrender. (laughs) (laughs) Never give up. Never surrender. (laughs) There you have it. Just a couple of amazing race hopefuls. That's us. We got a dream and a backpack. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. That'll be our slogan. Yes. All of our t-shirts will say that. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Now, what color t-shirts are we going to have? That's a good question. I'm really fine with any color except for orange and yellow. Mm -hmm. I don't think those are my colors. I have blonde hair. I have very pale white skin. So, you know, kind of washes me out a little bit. Yeah. Not your favorite look. But, you know... That can be another reason. I'll wear whatever color they give me. <laughs> <laughs> whatever I'm assigned, I can wear. <laughs> yes. Well, are we ready for the education segment? Yes. <laughs> whatever we're going to call it. Leave us a comment on one of our social media pages or send us an email with your suggestion of what we should call this education portion. Yes, because education connection is the only thing that comes to mind, and that's not helpful because we are not sponsored by education connection. Right. I don't want to get in trouble for that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hello, humans. So that's the intro to Netflix's original 100 Humans. That is what I'm talking about today. If you know anything about me, you know that obviously I love watching TV. Hello, this is why we made this podcast. (laughs) And I have a psychology degree, so I enjoy research and reading about like social psychology, just kind of like learning about different cultures, different people, why we do what we do things like that. So that's why 100 Humans really caught my eye because it's somewhat of a social experiment. It actually premiered March 2020, which was like, you know, the beginning of the end (laughs) of 2020. I thought it came out last year for sure. Was that only March? Right. I looked that up because I was like, yeah, that was totally like 2019. And it said it premiered 2020. And I was like, that does not seem possible, but that's what I read, despite what I what I felt or remembered, I should say. You know, as with anything, people always have negative reviews. Always. However, 
<laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, just some drawbacks that people had from this show. For me personally, I went into the show knowing it was entertainment. Not believing that this was like an actual verified psychological study that has had tons of research and has a double blind setup and has, you know, peer reviewed articles and all this jazz. Personally, that's not the way I went into it. I went to it as this is a Netflix original, so their purpose is to entertain me. Anyways, so that's kind of the frame of mind that I had. Some people did not appreciate that viewpoint. And if that's you, then that's okay. I just thought, you know, I'm watching Netflix. I'm not watching like Discovery Channel or wherever smart people watch TV. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, like the setup is uh, is really funny. Actually, I didn't know any of the hosts. They didn't look familiar to me, but two of them are actually stand-up comedians. So if that tells you anything... The hosts are really funny. And throughout the whole series, they interview kind of like the experts in all of these different fields, like anthropologists, doctors, scientists, all that. So that kind of makes me feel a little better, you know, that um, they're kind of verifying some of their findings that they have. They have 100 humans. They say that it's a diverse makeup of America trying to replicate the variety of people that we have and the the cultural melting pot that is the beautiful America. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so their point is to have these hundred humans and to perform all of these different experiments to see why we do what we do or trying to challenge people. So like I said, I came into it wanting to be entertained, but they had a lot of really good education points and a lot of challenging things to kind of make you um, really examine yourself. The very first episode is about attraction and (laughs) the show really cuts, you know, it really hits you there because they want to see is the best dancer the one who is like the best in bed. You know, because people say kind of like, you know, if there's this person that you see at a club or something and they dance really well, usually people are attracted to them. And so they wanted to see, does the science measure up that if you're a good dancer, that you are the most fertile? So they had a dance competition where all of the men involved wore a brown paper bag like Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) And and everyone there who is attracted to men were in the audience and rated all of the men according to their dance skills and their findings were not nothing because um (laughs) (laughs) the best dancers it like there was no correlation is what I'm trying to say um like the best dancer had an average sperm count and then like it was kind of all over the board so that was kind of debunked but it was a really funny experiment because it's just like this is so welcome to Netflix show I don't know so the next one was again, we're talking about attraction. So we're talking about how does a uniform make someone feel attraction wise. So they had a speed dating experiment and had everyone who is single come out and speed date with a variety of people in different uniforms. So you had like, you know, someone in scrubs, someone in a janitorial outfit, a cop, you know, all the, all of the uniforms. And their findings did say 
that if you have, I think the the top ones were like a military uniform and scrubs were the people who were most attractive. And from my understanding, I mean, I guess you could say that some of those people, maybe their personality was better than their uniform. I don't know. But it was interesting to to see that because I definitely think that uniforms influence our opinions on whoever we want to date. Oh, I believe that. People always like a, a man in uniform, you know? Yes, exactly. That's what you hear. The next experiment was one of those that was definitely more challenging. So it talked about people who are attractive who are accused of a crime and that for the majority the more attractive a person is, the less jail time they will get. You had two uh, study groups. So like one group would get an attractive photo, like a mugshot. And then the second group would get someone who is not, again, culturally seen as attractive. Everyone has different definitions of what attractive is, but kind of what society deems as attractive. And the two photos were the exact same crime And it was seen in their results that attractive people did get less time. And it was that a lot, because, you know, they kind of asked the people that were in the group, they're like, okay, well, why do you only want to give her seven years for something? And there were people who would kind of rationalize things like, oh, well, he looks so nice, or she looks like she could have really used the money something like that. So where it's kind of like you you feel like you want to help that person. And again, there's definitely a racial aspect to it that was covered as well. Talking about if you are a white female, then depending on your crime, you're probably going to get a lower sentence in comparison to a black man. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting and definitely, again, it challenges a lot. The next kind of topic was titled are you biased so if you can imagine this one is definitely the most challenging topic and definitely one that I think is super beneficial for everyone to watch especially people who are in a majority group um, like myself who is a straight white female so yeah just I'll just go right off the bat and talk about the one that is definitely on the internet the most and uh like I said this was premiered March 2020 so this was just a couple months before George Floyd's murder and before a lot of voices were being heard louder about police brutality and racial profiling but the people who were in the experiment um, were given a toy gun and they were to shoot a person who was also holding a toy gun and avoid the people who are holding a cell phone. And the majority of the people holding the cell phone kind of look like they're like taking a picture or like a selfie or something. So they're kind of like have it raised a little bit, you know, if you can kind of picture what I'm describing. So they were having them having the people behind like, like cardboard cutouts of things. And so it's like a split second decision. As the experiment went on, a large margin of people, whenever they saw a black person, whether they were holding a phone or holding a gun, or, you know, toy gun, of course, that person was shot 
more often than a white person who was in who was the subject who was holding a phone or holding a gun. So obviously, I mean, there are people who would discredit that by saying those are split second decisions. I don't have training like a police officer or someone like that, which that's understandable. Um, but I don't really think that's th- what the purpose of the study is for. And we'll go into it more with um, biases. I think it's more of just analyzing who we are and analyzing how we view people just in our everyday life. Like if you're walking down the street and you see a black man on the street walking next to you, do you grab your purse a little tighter? Do you make sure your doors are locked. Just things like that that I've noticed. I'll, I'll be completely frank. Those are things that I do and those are things that I've been taught to do specifically with a black man. So yeah, those things I think are really important to to notice about ourselves and kind of question where did I learn this from and what impact it has on my thoughts that I have towards people like that. So again, they go through with the bias. They, they talk a lot about race and the justice system and how, I mean, there's so much evidence out there um, just with racial profiling and the amount of people who are in prison who are black or minority um, versus white people. And it's just astronomical. So along with making people think and analyze themselves and their racial biases. The next experiment discusses how people view sexual orientation and what biases we have with that. So with the experiment, they had six people, so it was three men and three women who came up. They were part of the study. And then you have one person who is going to match make these couples. The researcher tells the person who's doing the matchmaking, they say, you can ask them one question. And, you know, theoretically, you would want to ask, are any of you not heterosexual? But it was, I can't remember how many it was. It was a very small number of people who asked any of the people in that line, what is your sexual orientation? Yeah, and so it was just crazy seeing that because I'm, I'll be on, again, I'll be frank, I'm sure I would do the same thing to where I would just match up the couples who looked like they would be heterosexual couples with each other. That was not the case. You know, there were, there was a heterosexual couple, a guy and a girl, and then there were two homosexual couples, so two lesbians and two um, gay men. What kind of questions were people asking then? From what I remember, some people didn't even ask any questions. But then there were some people who would ask, like, what are your hobbies? (laughs) Or, like, what do you do for a living? Kind of like... Yeah, kind of like getting an idea of like what's your personality like and trying to match people's personalities. Kind of like they didn't even think about the fact that they might not be into one another. (laughs) Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that wasn't even a foundational question that Mm -hmm. people would ask. And it was it was really moving because there was an older lady that they showed and, you know, A lot of times, people in the older generation, I think we feel like, oh, well, she's not going to get it right. But she came up and she she asked, I can't remember exactly how she phrased it, but she did ask, are all of you heterosexual or something like that? Or all of you straight? And, (laughs) or she, I can't. She may have even said, raise your hand if you're straight or something like that. (laughs) But basically, she did ask that question. And that was the one question that she asked. And everybody there was really stunned by that, probably because all day, you know, they had been paired with these other people. And they're like, I'm not even attracted to 
this person. Right. Yeah. So that one was really interesting and definitely, again, just something to challenge the way that I think and challenge my bias in that that's what I think of. Like, that's my automatic thought, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like assumption, assuming that people are straight whenever that's not the case. So that one was really cool. The next one age and happiness. So I really enjoyed this episode because it was, it split up the 100 humans into different age groups. So it was like 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, over 60, I think. And they did like different tasks, like working together to make, it was like a piece of furniture, basically like an Ikea piece of furniture and work on their communication skills. And like (laughs) there was a memory test and things like that. So that one was really fun. But if you had to guess, what age group do you think is considered the happiest out of 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s? I would probably guess 60s. Yeah, you're right. The anthropologist, I think is who it was, it said it was kind of more like a you. So like Mm -hmm. our happiest times are really when we're in our 20s and then it slowly slumps down to like middle age. And then it goes back up as you get older. So I thought that was interesting, which it it kind of makes sense because, you know, as you get older, you're dealing with a lot more career-wise, family-wise, dealing with your, you know, if your parents are aging and a midlife crisis and stuff like that. Yeah, makes me really excited for the future. (laughs) (laughs) I know, listening to that, it's like, hmm, a lot to look forward to. Lovely. Yeah, lovely. (laughs) And then the fourth thing I wanted to talk about was it talked about gender stereotypes, which Mm -hmm. is always interesting. So (laughs) I don't know if you've heard this stereotype that, or maybe it was an actual scientific study, who knows, but there's a study that says that like men will say like 500 words in a day and women say like 2000 words a day. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of going off of that. So they had the researcher and then the the test subject and said, pretend I don't know what tic-tac-toe is. So you have to explain the concept to me and explain to me how to play the game. And, you know, there are people who like get right down to it, but it is really funny because there are some people who... Like that ticker for how many words that they're saying is just like, like just going crazy. Like they're telling a story of like the first time they played tic tac toe, <laughs> and then <laughs> so that was really funny. Um, they talk about that, and then also like who gets ready faster. So like, does it really take men or does it take women longer to get ready in the morning? And of course, like many things. It sees that it really just depends on the person. It's not Mm -hmm. so much a gender thing. It's interesting. They kind of talk about like socialization and how like women being socialized to be people pleasers more so. Probably not thinking about themselves. And then men being socialized to not express emotion and and things like that. Which it's definitely on both sides to where there are things that we can all learn to improve. That's for sure. So anyway, to wrap that up, 100 Humans, it's definitely entertaining. I would say go into it with some entertainment value, go into it open-minded to hear what these people have to say and really examine what you think about yourself and how you view the world 
and how your society has really influenced you negatively or positively. Um, And it just, it has some fun aspects to it. Like it talks about the proper way to put toilet paper on the roll, if old people smell is actually a thing, and how music affects the taste of food. Mm. So yeah, I think it's pretty fun. Thank you for diving into those topics and sharing your own thoughts you had as you watched it. I think it's always good to have something that at least makes us think about how we look at the world and challenges, perceptions we might have. So I think that's really good. And I don't know, it's a good mixture of entertainment, but also thought provoking. Yes, definitely. It's a good mixture of the two, I think. Well, since we just talked about 100 humans, now we are going to transport ourselves to Paraguay, which I'm sure has more than 100 humans in it. (laughs) But we're going to talk about this week's Amazing Race episode, which, uh, spoiler alert, was not a two-hour episode, as was originally advertised. That was kind of a letdown, but, you know, election season, so gotta do what you gotta do. Well, I really enjoyed the episode overall. I feel like these were the hardest challenges we've seen so far, which was kind of refreshing because I felt like it actually changed stuff up a lot. Yes. Things were shook. Shook. We're all shook. (laughs) Shook (laughs) Shooketh. So they were flying to Paraguay and at the airport... This alliance that is happening with the five teams, Will and James are definitely the ringleaders of that. And they decided to print maps of the country for everyone. Yeah. Which, first of all, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even know you could do that. I guess it makes sense because a lot of times they'll use like the internet cafe or whatever that's at the airport, but. Right. I'm curious to know if that was actually helpful. Yeah, me too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know. know. I just thought that was super interesting. Well, I was going to say, actually, uh, with the roadblock, something that everyone should learn about Callan is that she's all about sustainability and keeping our earth clean, which obviously I am too. But (laughs) um, Callan, that's definitely a passion of hers. So I felt like this was a really cool element that they um, highlighted in the episode. I, You're very right that a couple years ago, I became very enthusiastic about taking better care of the planet which we've been given. Yes, this roadblock brought me a lot of joy. (laughs) (laughs) Not only was it super cool that they created this for kids in that community, but they've discovered how to use items from the world around them to create something new. And I thought that was so cool. And of course, the orchestra was awesome. With that said, the challenge itself looked very difficult. <laughs> oh my, yes. And I I fear in our in our hypothetical situation, I fear that if we saw that roadblock, it would be me that would be doing it. Oh yes, Do it would think? have been. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as soon as it said the word instrumental, like we talked about before, 
you would have been the one doing that, which is why I think most of the people that were doing this one were the same people who did that steel drum one as well. Right. Obviously, very different skill. It's not like they were having to play it. Yes, very detail-oriented. Yeah, they were using pieces from the landfill to create a cello. And thankfully, they were given instructions, like, yeah. or, like, shown pictures of what the pieces looked like because yeah. I thought they, at first, I thought they just had to figure it out themselves. And I think that would have been extremely hard. But Yeah, for sure. And it was already hard enough, apparently. Yeah, definitely the most difficult roadblock so far. Most teams were having trouble assembling it, and it looked very challenging. Well, first of all, D'Angelo did a great job. Looks like he does this all the time at home. Yeah, see, your IKEA furniture building is really coming in handy. Exactly. (laughs) I honestly felt bad for Leo during this roadblock. Literally every other person was helping each other and he was doing it himself yes i mean maybe he could overhear what they were saying but i thought that still yeah that can't be a good feeling right like you're literally left out of the group i had that thought too yeah but i mean he beat a lot of them so go. he did (laughs) yeah so in that sense that alliance didn't really do as well in that scenario i should say poor kaylin took four hours to put together that cello, which Goodness. I was so impressed by how she kept her cool. She did. And yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do, especially in that scenario where it's by yourself and it's up to you. Whew. Yeah, you got to stay strong in that situation because otherwise you'll just crumble. Oh, yeah. Obviously, they were so close. They didn't know Gary and D'Angelo were struggling so much at the detour that they had not even gotten to yet. So even though they ended up still coming in last, if she had not persevered, then they would have been way, way behind. So I was very impressed with her. So after the roadblock, they got their root info. I don't know about you, but I really want to get this medicinal drink that they were making. Me too. I'm so curious about it. Right? I really need a description of the flavor, the benefits, all of the above. Yes. And we need to put it on the rocks and bring it here. Yes. <laughs> that will be our next drink of choice. The tumbler was cool too. Like, it was. To keep this as a souvenir. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, I'm super curious about that. And I thought that was a fun little stop. It was. And no yield was used. Yes, which I think it was a good call on everybody's part because yeah, I think it would have been wasted. And I'm kind of glad some people seem to have a conscience about let's not <laughs> be evil and yield. Them. Yeah, <laughs> right. Especially with it being a non-elimination leg. I think people would have been really upset. So that was true. Oh, absolutely. You got to be strategic with those things. That's for sure. Oh, yes. What did you think about the detour? Were you as excited as I was? The switchback. Yes. (laughs) That was really fun to see. I always love it when shows have like a throwback to an older season or do like traditional challenges. I love that. It's always like 
this is for you super fans, you know? But yes, I was really excited to see those. And both of them are so hard. Oh my god! In different ways. I know. I felt bad because I feel like they couldn't get a break in any of these. Like the roadblock was super hard and both of the detour options were really hard too. Right. Yeah, the stack your melons or use your melon. <laughs> and both from season 20, which is a good season. Yeah, both super difficult. Watching it, I I would say let's do the stack your melons. What's your first instinct? <sighs> I don't know, because I think I would do the same thing while watermelon stacking hypothetically in our in our, you know, ideal world. I feel like that would be more our suit because it is more like detail oriented and it's not performance based. However, I think if you are well balanced and you are good at dancing and like those like weird Pilates yoga poses. (laughs) Right. I feel like you really could do well, which it seemed like that was the case, mm-hmm. it, at least to some degree. I mean, you can only sell, tell so much from an edit, but Will and James did the dancing and they got first place. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. D'Angelo and Gary did the watermelon stacking and they were first, correct, to the detour. Yeah. And they got second to last place. So. Yeah, I know. I definitely just, yeah, whatever plays to your strengths, like if you, I feel like we're pretty detail oriented and I feel like we have pretty good balance and we could do okay dancing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like we just would have done better toughing it out in the heat mm-hmm. and doing the watermelons. I, I'm sure either one would have been a, a big challenge. And yeah, like we've both done yoga. I feel like our balance is, is good. I'm just unsure about how long it would have taken us to both get it. And that just seems right. like riskier to me. True. And I, I don't know. I, I wonder, like you see Gary and D'Angelo struggling so much with the stack your melons. That makes me think, wow, this is going to be horrible. But then you see like Riley and Madison get there and get it the first go, basically. And they just seem to understand how to stack it. So mm-hmm. hopefully we would be at least somewhere in the middle. But yeah, the the detour really shook up the order of the teams which kind of excited me I felt like it let some other teams like play to their strengths I don't know I thought that was interesting yeah and what was interesting to me was you know Will and James won the leg and then second place and third place were not the alliance members yeah it was um Michelle and Victoria and Leo and I wanted to say Leo and Jamal. I feel like the Afghan <laughs> <Rock animals. season. laughs> uh, Yeah, Leo and Alana. So yeah, that already shook it up that, you know, the top three teams were not all in this big, al- or not big alliance. It's not like Big Brother where it's like eight people, <laughs> but five people, it's still pretty big. I'm curious to see if that lasts going into next week too, it, during that leg, and if some teams struggle to catch back up, but I don't know. I'm curious. Now, I did um, think about the fact that Hung and Chi were the first people this season to switch detours. True. And that seemed to benefit them. Yeah, I think that was the right decision. I know they were really struggling with both of them, but that was definitely the right decision. I thought it was really interesting how they showed the video from Will and James practicing that exact challenge at their house. I know. I felt like I was watching us. That's something we would do. Uh, Yes. I was like, that's perfect. 
just proof that me and Callan need to keep practicing. I know. That made me really happy. All these random things. <laughs> I do love the fact they're super fans and it's really fun that they recognize the challenge, that they just watched it because it kind of felt like that could be us. Like we just binged this season. Oh, yeah. We are practicing this challenge. I thought that was really cool. And obviously it paid off. There you go. Practice makes perfect. That's right. And they ended up winning the leg, as you said earlier. And they both won $5,000. And I kind of laughed because Phil, whenever he told them that, said for you to receive after the race, which, aka, not till 2020, like two years later. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's like a savings bond. (laughs) It's like. You don't see it ever. (laughs) It's like it doesn't even exist. Right. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. So like I said, Kaylin taking four hours for the roadblock and then Gary and D'Angelo taking four hours on their detour. I was like, well, somebody could have just taken the penalty and skipped the challenge and ended up with the same amount of time. That's right. I didn't even think about that. I guess you wouldn't be as satisfied at the end, but... (laughs) That's true. Because, I mean, what I think you just sit there, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you go watch everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, that's a long time for a challenge. It is. It really is. I think that in terms of, like, travel time when I'm in a car, I'm like, I could have driven to, like, this place and this place right. in that amount of time. Yeah. I thought it was about time for a non-elimination leg, so. Yeah. I'm glad. We've been clipping people real quick. Yeah, I'm glad we shook things up on this one, but I'm also glad Kaylin and Haley made it. I think they they deserve to be there. I don't know. I was glad that they're getting to stay. I think things are getting a little interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun to see it shake up a little bit and everybody being on that same flight, definitely, even the playing field. But we shall see. It's I'm enjoying the season a lot. Oh, yeah, me too. The cast is fantastic. That about wraps it up for this week on Pop Culture on the Rocks. Thanks so much for listening. As always, be sure to connect with us on social media or via email. All of that info is in the show notes. We would love to hear your thoughts on 100 Humans if you've watched it and this week's episode of The Amazing Race if you are also a fan like we are. Be sure to leave us a rating, a review, subscribe. We've been throwing in a lot of bonus episodes recently, so I feel like there's something for everybody happening. (laughs) Yes. I'll be honest, I track our podcast statistics and I can see where people are, but I have no idea, honestly, who's listening and who's subscribed. So I'm very curious. Make yourself known. We want to know. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Let us know um, because we're very curious about who you are. We want to be your friend. So hit us up. Well, until our next episode, I'm Callan. I'm Anna. And you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Goodbye.